You're listening to the Scaling Culture Podcast, where we sit down with thought leaders who share their experiences building incredible workplace cultures. Bill Gates calls her super high bandwidth. Bill Clinton has thanked her for fostering American entrepreneurship. For over 30 years, leadership and culture coach, serial entrepreneur, and New York Times bestselling author, Christine Comerford has helped leaders navigate growth and change. She specializes in applied neuroscience, which helps her clients achieve tremendous results in record time. She's the author of Smart Tribes, Power Your Tribe, and Rules for Renegades. Today, Christine sits with Ron to discuss practical ways that we can empower our tribes. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Scaling Culture Podcast. Today, we're extremely excited uh, to have Christine Comerford with us, who is uh, the author of Smart Tribes, Rules for Renegades, and Power Your Tribe. Christine, welcome. Thank you. It's awesome to be here, Ron. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. Can you tell me, um, give us a little bit of your background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you to where you are today? Yes. Okay. So in a nutshell, um, I was a software engineer a long time ago. Um, called up Microsoft, said, Windows is a great idea, but it's a really bad design. You need me to fix it. And when they were done with their laughing fit, I love um, it. <laughs> they said, if you're so smart, you know, come and fix it. Um, so I got my uh, engineering job at Microsoft uh, and I'm a high school dropout and a college dropout. High school was too slow. College, I negotiated my way into college. And once I was in college, I was like, oh, you know what? I really want to do computer science. I don't want to do three more years. I'm just going to teach myself and then get a job at Microsoft. So that worked out great. Wow. Um, and what I found being an engineer um, and then later an entrepreneur when Microsoft got in trouble, the famous you know, bust of the employment development department where they had a bunch of people that really looked like employees but were contractors. I scooped a bunch mm. of those guys up, started a company, and then I started building companies after that. And what I found is that the most interesting computer is the human brain. The most mm. interesting software is our beliefs, our identities that drive then our behaviors. Okay. So I'm more of a human engineer now. You know, yeah. I used to think computers were super cool. Now I think the brain is my favorite computer. Wow. And so what was your, you know, obviously culture is important to you and, and, and you know, it's, it's critical. What was your culture aha moment? Wow. You know, like this can, this for you to convert and say, wow, we need to get the people yeah. side right. You know? Yeah. Well, I learned a lot from Bill Gates and, um, and what I noticed was that people were working a little bit too much out of fear, you know, fear of disappointing Bill, yeah. Yeah. whereas um, other leaders would come together and rally the troops and help people feel good about themselves and help people feel powerful. Bill learned how to do that down the road. But what I've noticed is that every human being is, is this vast universe and they can accomplish all sorts of things, but what gets in the way is the beliefs, the identity, mm. which then limit the behavior, et cetera. So right. what I found as I built my own companies was that if I could help understand how to upgrade, modify the software in the person's head, they could then have more fulfillment, more emotional engagement, uh, better performance, just be happier overall, have more choice. Mm -hmm. Because at any moment, Ron, we have a, like a menu of behavioral choice. And one of the places, we did some work with Yale a while ago, one of the venues where we have least choice is during the performance review, right? right. What are right. the behavioral choices? Well, defensiveness, you yep. know, pride, not that much fear. 
And our job as leaders is to help a person expand the amount of choices on their behavioral menu. Mm-hmm. When they have more behavioral choice, they are more resilient. Mm-hmm. So I found as I built and sold five of my own companies that the more I could actually help people expand their identity, expand their choice, uh, their choices of behavior, mm-hmm. uh, the better everybody did. So, so that's what I do. Back, I love it. But I want to go to beliefs because Good. I think you're right. People get stuck, you know. Even now, I mean, there's a lot of people with different beliefs, which is great, but they yeah. are really stuck. And so you, you can't have great dialogue. You can't have open conversations because if someone is really anchored on a belief, I feel like it's, it's challenging, especially for change in business, to implement change. How do you get someone to open up to see a different perspective based on a belief that they really are anchored on? Yeah, I think one of the most helpful things is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Whenever we want to get judgmental or irritated or anything, if we can just get curious instead, wow, I wonder what it's like to be that person. And if you bring curiosity Mm -hmm. to that person who is rigid, then over time, they will then feel safe, uh, safety, belonging, and mattering, which we're really big on. Because Mm -hmm. if you're curious about their belief without any judgment, you're actually wanting to know what it's like to be them. Okay, they matter enough. You're making it safe for them to tell you what it's like to be them um, because you're coming from curiosity and not judgment and you're wanting to belong with them to understand what it's like to be them because Mm -hmm. each of us has our own map of the world and you've had this experience. You've grown up next door to somebody and they're a totally different person than you, right? So as leaders and really humans, especially right now, if we can get curious, wow, what's it like over there? How can I step over onto their map of the world? And wow, the world does look kind of different over here. Wow, now I kind of understand some of their beliefs and some of their rigid stances. And I have some compassion for that because those beliefs were formed from experiences that I didn't have or that I saw differently. I saw as an opportunity Mm -hmm. versus a tragedy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so once we get there, so I mean, you know, you've got a different belief system. I come into you know into your ring. I ask some questions. I become you know compassionate, empathetic about your situation. How how do I then start to? I don't want to say put my own beliefs on you, but but try to change your perspective. Try to you know what what does that look like? Because that's still got to be a challenge. Fine, I understand, but how do I move the needle with you? Um, so for starters, we have to let people be exactly who they are and have exactly the beliefs that they have. Mm-hmm. But what I'm curious about is that everybody wants something. They want to feel better. They want to get ahead at work. They want yep. peace, whatever. Mm-hmm. So one of the tools I love to use when we have maybe any sort of conflict yeah. is to really first give the person an experience of rapport, you know, and give them an experience that we're the same as them so they don't have to fight us with the getting curious and such and asking them open-ended questions. Well, this is really hard. Ah, how specifically is that hard? Uh, This is called the meta model. We don't say how exactly because many people will experience the word exactly as a test. Well, how specifically is that hard? Hard compared to what? We want to understand their emotional experience. Then we can say, using one of my favorite tools, the outcome frame. So it's a series of questions. So then what would you like? Well, I'd like to not feel so stressed. Well, so, we need a positive outcome that they can create and maintain. So what would be the opposite of that? If you weren't feeling so stressed, how would you feel? Oh, I'd be feeling peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Good, mm-hmm. good. Okay. So what would you like? Peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Mm-hmm. What will having that do for you? 
How will you feel? What will the benefits be? Mm. So once we hear how they'll feel and what the benefits are, good. Yeah. How will you know when you have peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside? What's the proof going to be? And they start well, to tell us. Thank you. Perfect. Good, good. Mm. My favorite question. What that you value might you risk or lose? Mm. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to be a little bit more open-minded. I guess I won't be able to judge people. I guess I won't, uh, I guess I'll have to kind of reframe the things that are happening to me. I guess I'll have to maybe include more people in my life and be vulnerable. You know, so anyway, we go through what, what that you value might you risk or lose the ego question. What's the cost of getting that piece? Yep. Then logistics. Right, what's the when, cost? Cause you have to give something up. And Oh, thank you for pointing that out, Ron. Question number four, what a value might you risk or lose? What side effects may occur? That's the price. That's why I don't have peaceful inside regardless of what's happening outside. Uh, so question number one and question number four are directly tied. If you aren't going to give up this, you aren't going to get this. Mm. Then for question five, two more questions. Yeah, question yeah, sure. five no. is um, when, where, with whom would you like it? Well, I want it, um, I want it within the next 30 days or less. I want it at work and home everywhere. And I just want it with everybody. Sometimes people will say at work with my direct reports. And mm -hmm. then question number six, my favorite after the other ones, what are your next steps? Because now this person starts to say, well, I need to build a better relationship with Susie Q. I need to be more open-minded with, you know, George, you know? Yeah. So when we, when we use the outcome frame, we're taking them from their critter state, their amygdala lockdown, their fight, right. flight, freeze response into their smart state, their prefrontal cortex, their decision-making, visioning, planning, et cetera. Love it. I mean, this sounds like a really in-depth, really strategic coaching, right? Is this a form of coaching? Yes. Oh, thank you for mentioning that. So we're, we have an infographic for the outcome frame. We're going to put it on the show page so everybody can use it with their people. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. And their uh, families. Definitely. So what do you find when you go through that? What is the biggest stuck point? What's the biggest, ah, this is the hard one. Uh, well, with the outcome frame, um, you know, what's so interesting. Um, the first question is usually a whopper. What would you like? Because have you noticed this, Ron? Often people don't know what they would like. They, they haven't thought what, that through. They know what they would not like, right? right? So often we say, well, list the things that you would not like. Okay, mm -hmm. these three things. What's most uncomfortable? What's most painful? Oh, number two. Okay, great. What's the opposite of that? Just like the example, I don't want so much stress. Okay, if you didn't have so much stress, what would you have? Okay, good. Because we need to make sure that the outcome frame, since we're focusing on the outcome that we want, is positive and yeah. can be maintained by self. Mm -hmm. If it's, I want a jillion dollars or to marry Brad Pitt, I mean, you know, that's like two out there. <laughs> you yeah. can't create and maintain that yourself. Jillion dollars you can over time. But. So I want to talk about this this tagline uh, in the book, creating resilient teams in turbulent times, right? I mean, that couldn't be a better, the, the timing for that couldn't be better. And I want to talk about your work that you, we, we, that you were jumping into before we um, jumped on yeah. the podcast too. I want to get there. Um, where did you come up with that? And, and tell me more about that. Yeah. Um, so, Empower your tribe, you know, as you as you go through it, you'll see that there are so many case studies 
of companies going through, organizations going through challenges, mm-hmm. you know, going through turbulence, whether it's turnaround or growth or being blindsided by things that you totally can't control. Yeah. And um, we're in an interesting time on the planet where that's happening more than ever. And here's the thing. When there's turbulence, right, you can either think of like an airplane, right? You can either tense up and get really yeah. freaked out and you're probably yeah. going to get injured, right? Or you can go, woo, okay, let me just like try to, you know, manage the flow of change and not stress out about this and actually go with it. And yeah. what we're finding is that the people who get back to that great word, curious, huh? What is challenging about this? Would this be challenging if I had this other perspective? Would this be challenging to me in six months? What stories am I telling myself that is causing this experience of challenging? How does it make me feel? How would I like to feel instead? Mm. So we can also start very easily with some reframing and then shift to the outcome frame. So When we notice that there's turbulence, upset, uncertainty, fear, it is our great opportunity to get curious about it and to start to separate ourselves from all the swirl of emotions that are coursing through our ego. Mm. Because it's your ego that wants to keep you small and scared, but your ego isn't all of you. Mm -hmm. There's a much bigger part of you that can, if we can start to witness the ego and its machinations, we can go, oh, wait, if those are the ego's machinations, then I'm actually over here. Machinations is, what does that mean? Yeah, thank you. Um, the ego saying, well, you know, they're not valuing me and uh, this is too right. hard and right. he doesn't respect me. You know, mm. just all the little, the little grumbly, you know, things that cause us to suffer. I find, I want to stay on this for a sec because I find yeah. in that process where I get caught a lot, and this is probably an ego thing, is I can be more like a lawyer in some cases. Like, and so I'm more towards like gotcha questions. I, fit, I, I, I tend to do that. So, so let's just say you're having a, a challenge with a coworker and two sides are playing a role. I might say something like, you know, uh, Christine, um, what's a good example? I could say, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you think, you know, when you said that, wouldn't you agree that I <laughs> was pissed off versus Being like the witness, <laughs> right? Yeah. I lead the witness all the time. How do I stop from doing that versus like, Christine, you know, that comment, you want to repeat that comment. Now, how do you, how do you think if you were in Tina's shoes that that would land, you know, like there's a, just a, I'm just not good at softly. And again, asking the question where you change your perspective, it's more like, yeah, two plus two is what? It's four, right? You know, like how do I how do I how do I put my foot off the gas or how do you how do how do you advise people to do that? I'm sure that's common too. Yeah, well it's people wanting to, and you said this, my friend, it's people wanting to insert their belief system, yes. you know, into and and the intention is probably trying to help, trying to solve it mm-hmm. instead of helping the people solve it themselves. This is the thing. And of course, I'll layer on top sometimes impatience, right? Because I get I it. Right? I could become yes. impatient and say, I don't yeah. have the patience for this. So, it, but to your point, if you're focused 100% on who you're in, in you know, patience has to be, you, you, you absolutely need the opposite. You need, you can't be impatient. You need absolute patience in the process, right? Well, but Ron, you have a great opportunity here. 
So you could lead the witness and you're yeah. aware of that, which is awesome. Yeah. Or you could, you, could do, you could use a feedback frame, tool number two. It'll be on the show page. Feedback frame, yeah, easy peasy. That. It's only two things, easy peasy. First is, well, what's working? You know, because if we can get the two people to look at what's working in whatever, their relationship, the project, whatever. Hey, so, so it's, a, it's a really good what we call break state. So if they're like, rah, 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 yep. hey, well, what is working? So we're taking them from their, their amygdala mm -hmm. hijack, if you will, into their prefrontal cortex. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Being from negative to positive, is that, are we saying the same thing? Thank you. Focus right. shift. Yeah, thank you. Geek alert. Yes. <laughs> we have a geek <laughs> alert. <laughs> Just interrupt me. So here's the I'm thing. I'm your translator. This is great. I know. Yay. <laughs> so we can say, so um, what's working here? Well, you know, he's really contributing to this project with the such and such, and she's mm -hmm. done Great. Thank you. Always say thank you. What would we like to see more of? Mm. Because when we give feedback, right, it's so ineffective to do that stuff. Many of us were taught a long time ago, the feedback sandwich. Well, you're awesome, but you kind of suck here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're awesome because I yeah, feel yeah. so uncomfortable giving you feedback. The brain's like, well, do I suck? Am I awesome? Ah. Right, right, right. But if we say what's working is now we've got their frontal lobes lit up. If you look at a functional MRI, their brain's like, woo, okay, great. I love hearing what's working. Then we pause. And what would we like to see more of? Mm -hmm. Then um, either they figure it out or if we're giving direct feedback, hey, Susie Q, what's working is and what I'd like to see more of is. Then they start to map. Their brain maps. It's like, okay, here's the stuff that was working. Here's what she wants to see more of. Oh, I could use some of these skills over here. Yay. Now, the important thing with the feedback frame, and you guys will see this on the infographic, mm -hmm. is we want to make sure that we do equal amounts or more these days, these COVID days, more of the good stuff. Right. So either right. what's working is one thing, would like to see more of it is one thing, or in COVID times, what's working is three or four things. What I'd like to see more of is one or two things. Okay. Yeah, I love that. And, and you talk about three critical ingredients to resilient teams. Do you want to walk us through that? You've got safety, belonging, meeting, I believe. Right? Mattering. Thank you. Close. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, um, Maslow was right. Once we have food, water, shelter, warmth, mm -hmm. and Wi-Fi, um, <laughs> these days, that's one of the physiological base needs, right? That's right, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> then and only then do we need safety, belonging, and mattering. And safety is, and this is what's so hard for people right now, Ron, freedom from fear, right? Mm -hmm. Certainty. We don't have a lot of that right now. Right. 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 So we have to look at where can I find certainty? Well, the sun is going to rise. It's going to happen. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the moon's going to rise. It's going to happen. You know, mm -hmm. so sometimes we have to get to the very basic certainties, the things we actually really, truly can count on. Okay. Um, so safety is knowing that we are not alone. This is why the word together is a magical word. Mm -hmm. So safety, freedom from fear, et cetera, belonging, knowing that we fit in, knowing that we have equal value. And we're seeing a tremendous amount of belonging challenges right now with mm -hmm. all the racial injustice, et cetera, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's like a perfect storm right now, isn't it? Yeah. It's it really is. fascinating. Um, so belonging is helping people understand how we are same as back to stepping over onto somebody's map of the world and getting really kind of curious and even fascinated 
as to what it feels like to be them because it is fascinating over there. It's so different that's from their us. Reality. That, and that, that's, that is the reality, right? Yeah, in, that's their reality. Yeah. And, and reality is what you say it is, but I'll come back to that in a sec. And then mattering, knowing that um, each of us has unique value. We're not a cog in a wheel. We're not easily replaceable. Mm-hmm. So when we look at challenging behaviors, yeah. I want us to start to decode safety, belonging, mattering. So if you look at somebody and they are spreading fear, maybe mm-hmm. they're spreading gossip or rumors, um, maybe they're talking about how um, all this bad stuff is going to happen. They're basically subconsciously asking you for safety. Mm-hmm. So as a leader, you can normalize their concerns. Wow, you know what? Those are things that are that are concerning, you know. Well, let's figure out a plan, a backup plan, and a backup plan to the backup plan. And we're going to figure this out together, okay? If they are showing you behaviors that show that they are not belonging, um, dropping out of communication, not answering emails, okay? Isolating, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. We want to connect with them. Hey, I'm so glad you're on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you make such a difference here. Let's figure out how we can bring more people into this project together. If they are um, not experiencing enough mattering, so um, condescending, um, talking about how they're doing everything. Mm -hmm. In the extreme, extreme cases of uh, lack of mattering, we'll see bullying, right? Are you now, are you, you really are just um, kind of explaining me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm explaining all of us, my dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So that's when um, we say, wow, I see your unique gifts, Ron. Mm. Um, I really see you as a thought leader. Wow, you really made a difference on the XYZ project. Mm-hmm. Together, let's figure out how to share your beautiful expertise with more people. Yeah, your you know? unique ability. Let's tap into that more. Thank you. So mm. that if we start to really see humans through the lens of safety belonging mattering at at any given time Mm -hmm. it helps us decode why they're getting stuck and what they emotionally need from us and i'll put a safety belonging mattering i'll send that to you guys to put on the show page yeah please and yeah yeah, so so you've got that as recipe for trust right yep safety plus belonging plus mattering equals trust and and at what point do you say okay We've, we've done the song and dance. I can't get you there. I'm not going to get you into this smart tribe, this resilient tribe. You know, where's the line end? And I know it's, that's a, a vague question. Yeah. Two things. One is if somebody isn't aligned with your values, mm-hmm. they won't be receptive to these tools because they're not part of your tribe. Right. You know, and that's why it's so important when you interview people to make sure that they're actually value aligned with you Mm -hmm. and they give examples of how they live values that are very similar to yours because you can't really change somebody's values. And I think I think that there's some confusion out there because I think people in some cases think, wow, if 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 you have these set values, then you're not open to diversity, which is not the case. I think cultural backgrounds, diversity is in is really important, but a set of values, which in some cases are beliefs, i.e. maybe it's to treat people, uh, like treat, treat everybody like we'd like to be treated or blah, blah, whatever those are, but they should be alignment on, the, on those core values, correct? Yep. Right. Yeah, so ours are um, 
communication, because I really believe with open, honest communication, you can get through anything. Integrity, which means, you know, walk your walk, talk your talk. And it also means accountability. You know, accountability is under integrity. If you promise it, you better deliver it. And when you talk about it, it doesn't matter if someone's from Africa, U.S., Canada. It doesn't matter at all. What language they speak. These are so critical things. I think people get confused because I've seen some pushback on like, well, you know, if you have this culture, I think the word culture can be confused because they say then what you're doing is you're pushing away diversity, but that's not the case. It's not the case at all. Now, I have had one experience where uh, when I talked about um, uh, communication, integrity, reflection, right? We want to look at our lives and go, huh, whoops, I did that. What caused me to do that? How am I going to fix it? Contribution, learning, and energy. And I was in China uh, on uh, the Smart Tribes tour. I just did the, uh, I've done a couple of Power Your Tribes tours after that, but I was in China and this was several years ago. And, um, and I was talking about safety, belonging, mattering. And this man stood up in Beijing and he yelled at me and he said, I feel like you would hit him. I feel like you're <laughs> around for that. I loved him up instead, <laughs> but I did give him a little bit of a <laughs> hey, I dude. smashed him up. I loved him up. That's good. I didn't do that. But, uh, but uh, he said, you know, well, this isn't going to work in China because in China we manage by fear and it works for us and we get great productivity and da 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 fear, 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 fear. Yeah. And I said, you know what? We're not going to talk about fear here because we find that that actually doesn't work long term for sustainable cultures and healthy, happy people. So if you want to keep your fear agenda, you can leave. There's the door. But And thanks for sharing. But this is what we're going to do here. And he grumbled and grumbled and walked to the back of the room, but he didn't leave. He didn't leave. Four hours later, he came up to me and said, well, you know, maybe some of this has merit. And then a year later, I heard from one of the guys that was in the audience in Beijing. And he said, we used your tools And our company came across some bad times, you know, external forces we couldn't control. And my employees gathered me up and they said, we've all decided to take a 20% pay cut because we think that that's what the company needs to survive. Mm. And he was stunned. And, um, and he said, why are you doing this? And they said, because if this company goes under, we're done. We don't know where else to work because we're not going to find this. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to keep this afloat no matter what. Fast forward a couple of years, the company is thriving. Everything's great. They made it through. But that was totally unheard of in mm-hmm. a fear-based culture. And it sounds like you actually impatiently skipped by your steps. You just said, if you don't like it, get the, I love this. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had like three simultaneous translators. You know, yeah, I didn't want to yeah. add a bunch of extra words. <laughs> I That's great. So look, I, I, uh, a couple of things. You, you also talked about increasing rapport with yourself as leaders. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, and, and let me make a note um, to send you guys the emotion wheel. So, so often we know what we think, but mm-hmm. we don't know what we feel, you know? Don't know. And give me an example. Yeah. So, so often I'll say to somebody, how are you doing today? Great. That's not an emotion. Right. How are you feeling? Um, feeling a little overwhelmed, mm. feeling a little tired. Very different and need to reflect to get to that answer. But I'm feeling a little hopeful. You know, we need to stop, pause, mm-hmm. and go inside. Yeah. And so what's cool about the emotion wheel, which is now used, 
before every leadership meeting at Walmart. They pass around the emotion wheel or they project it on the wall and people just say how they're feeling. Because if you walk into a meeting and the majority of the people are saying anxious, scared, overwhelmed, discouraged, right? Then as the leader, you have to go, whoa, stop the train. Yep. Okay. Let's address the elephant in the room first. This agenda's out because we were just about to announce something that was going to add to that fear, anxiety, et cetera. Right. Let's do a little work here so that people can receive. I want to play that back to you because I think that's such a critical point is as leaders, we don't do that enough. We don't gauge the feeling temperature of the room to see, you know, that, that, that is the most important thing because it will hijack the conversation, the feelings. I I love that. And please share that wheel because that is probably a simple way where someone could really point at something. It could guide them as well. It sounds like it'll guide uh, individuals through that process. I love that. Yes, I was at um, Nestle Australia after all the wildfires. You know, I'm often brought in to kind of help around challenges. Mm -hmm. And um, we had 165 people looking at the emotion wheel and saying what they were feeling. And then also um, what we did was we went through what's called maneuvers of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you want to do an outcome frame, but you are too upset right? Um, what would you like? Well, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not ready to say what you would like. You need to purge that stuff because emotions do have energy. Mm-hmm. If we look at uh, Dr. Uh, David Hawkins' research, and when we get to those really painful emotions, cells actually die in our body. You're self-sabotage. I think you talk about that in the book. Yeah, too. but but your cells yeah, yeah. die. Oh. I mean, oh, okay. it's nuts. You know, so if we have a lot of that negative stuff, and let me write yeah. this down for maneuvers, um, we need to pu- to kind of uh, purge it. So in maneuvers of consciousness, and I know everybody listening, you know, Ron and I are going over a bunch of tools. You're just going to look at them and you're going to use the tools that you need now. Right, Some right. of the other tools you might need later. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like super crazy upset, it's much more efficient to first use the maneuvers of consciousness tool. It'll be on the show page. Grab your phone, three minutes for each, three minutes of negative evaluation. Well, I don't like this and it's unfair and you've got to say it out loud. And hopefully with a buddy, the buddy just listens. They can't say anything. They just have okay. to be your witness. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. Rawr, 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 rawr. Okay. Yep. You look at the emotional wheel. How am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling really angry and resentful, etc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Shake it out. All right. Now three minutes on curiosity. Ooh, look how resilient you are. We go to curiosity. Well, um, I'm cur- I wonder how this situation happened. I wonder why it was so mm-hmm. upsetting. I wonder the stories that I was telling myself about it. We start to now get curious about it. And just sorry, just for curiosity, should it, is that the cue? I wonder why making sure that those words start the questions. Yes, and on the um, infographic I'm going to show you, there are okay. sample questions to prime yeah. the pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Good, right. good. Thank you. So after three minutes, ding, 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 right? Three yeah. minutes of curiosity. Okay, how am I feeling? Well, I'm feeling kind of thoughtful. Notice the emotion shift, yeah. right? Look at the yeah. emotion wheel, but thoughtful, pensive, whatever. Um, then we shake our body out because emotions do have energy. And now three minutes on amazement. Woo. Mm-hmm. It's kind of amazing that this situation was so upsetting. It's amazing for this reason and that reason. And these really educated, smart people would be so upset about this. And it's amazing. I didn't even consider his point of view. So mm-hmm. three minutes for amazement. And then we look at the emotion wheel. Now it's getting more interesting, right? We might uh, be go peaceful. back to the emotion wheel. 
each time and your buddy is writing it down. Okay. Now the last three minute segment run, it's only 12 minutes. The last three minute segment appreciation. Okay. What can I fully appreciate about this? You know what? This has helped me see that I wasn't even considering how Mm. Joe was feeling. Right, right, right. This is helping me see that I have this blind spot around, um, you know, trying to this particular behavior. Wow. This is helping me see some changes I need to make. Look Mm -hmm. at the emotion wheel. Chances are really good. You're in the peaceful, powerful, joyful section. Mm -hmm. And your buddy shows you your emotional progression in 12 minutes. Yeah. And you start to realize, you know what? I'm really resilient. (laughs) I just didn't have a tool to use. So I was spinning for days, weeks, months Mm -hmm. in anger, resentment. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. That's great. That's great. Uh, I love that. Um, People are using maneuvers of consciousness all the time right now. mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we need it. But it's, this process sounds like it's fairly simple to implement, you know, like, take a week long course. This is like step one, step two, four steps essentially, yeah. right? All of our tools are super easy. Yeah. Maneuvers of consciousness is four steps and it's all laid out there, you yeah. know, on the infographic and all you need is a timer of some sort mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to really go for it though, because people will, ha- if people don't really go for it in the first three minute segment of a negative evaluation, yes. if they don't get it out, yep. they try to drag it through the rest. That's why having a buddy there is good because mm-hmm. if they stop after two minutes, the buddy says, Nope, you still have another minute. Bring it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, there. You know, there's so many things that I would love to continue to to dig on, but I I, I want to go back to what we talked about when we're getting started because it's such a hot topic. So I I don't want to finish without this. Can you talk about the work you're doing with police forces? I think this is yeah. incredible. This is such a huge challenge. You're walking yeah. into the lion's den of you know you want to talk about belief systems and and complexity and challenges. Can you walk us through, tell everybody what, kind of the work you're doing, and then I'm going to ask you some questions around that and yeah. an answer. So imagine, if you will, what it must be like to be a police officer right now. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of bad PR. There are people that are pointing fingers and accusing when people haven't done bad things. I mean, of course, there's been a lot of police brutality, but there are a lot of police officers that are not bad people or have bad behaviors a lot. So, so you're, you're, you start your job each day feeling and reading all this negative PR, people distrusting you. You're a little cautious when you're actually doing your job because you don't want to be falsely accused right? Then, of course, it's hard to recruit people into the police force. I mean, there's just, it's, it's just gnarly. Yeah. And yet, you came onto the force with a deep desire to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling pretty darn discouraged. Yeah. They've got to be an all-time low right now. It's low, 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 low. So, um, my goal is to help build up some morale to provide some of these tools Mm -hmm. to help them experience more safety, belonging, mattering, to help them figure out that desired state, right? Outcome Mm -hmm. frame, right? And to help them go through maneuvers of consciousness if they just need to get all that stuff out of their system Mm -hmm. so that they can start each day fresh and get out there and go into the line of fire courageously and with an open heart. And how do you, how do you, what's a starting point? What's that look like? 
It's training. It's so sitting down with front police officer or, or sitting down with management leaders. Where does it start? It Wherever. starts. It starts right now. We don't have the luxury. I would love to have the luxury of mm -hmm. starting at the leadership level and filtering down. We're going right into the trenches. So, so you're really exploring this because, you know, back to mattering, they feel maybe they don't Safety matter right blind. now. Yes. Like it's all, like all three are, are rocked, right? Oh, they're, way. yeah. Just like for the rest you're, of us, right? Yeah, and, and we're not talking, I mean, you've got, uh, from, from, you have three major challenges from what I see, you know, from the Canadian viewpoint, you've got some racial challenges, you have political challenges, you have coronavirus challenge. Like it's like a does. And then you, and the political being like, are we going to get defunded? Like it's gotta be such a S H I T storm, right? Yeah. And the defunded, that was not smart. How about just like, I don't know who started this whole defunded thing because think about how threatening that is, right? Yeah, We're going to take your job away. It's like, no, Hey, thanks a lot. Career new career when you hear yeah. that. Yeah. Right? What we could say is we're going to, you know, reinvent the police force or revise, you know, or whatever. Right. But not like a cut but, your head off. I'm curious, Christine, how do you start to, what's the process to make me, I'm a police officer. I'm in one of these zoom calls. How do, how do you make me feel safe and back to a sense of belonging and that, that what I'm doing matters. How do you get me there? Cause I now have this new belief system that I don't, matter I'm not safe and I don't belong right yeah um, for starters initially you you normalize yeah. their experience wow so, hey Ron this is just now you didn't feel like that 12 months ago just a sec I would actually just normalize their experience right now wow it's really hard right now I mm -hmm. can't imagine how hard it is to be right now to be mm -hmm. you and um, must be discouraging and kind of painful or, or so better yet yeah, yeah, we acknowledge it. We normalize their experience. Their experience isn't wrong or bad. We normalize it. You know, um, start with an emotional wheel. How are you guys feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Just to make sure that we understand. Yep. So we're not assuming their experience, right? Which we don't want to do. Yep. So ask what their experience is. Normalize their experience. And then say, and what would you like? Yeah. Right? I, I, they want the opposite. I want to feel safe. I want a sense of belonging again. I want to feel like we matter as police officers, right? And what will having that do for you? And how will you know when you have it? And what a value might you risk or lose, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll have to stop being angry at civilians. I'll have to stop feeling, you know, um, attacked. You know, I'll have to approach each day with an open mind and an open heart. Mm. Are, you, are you willing to do that to get oh, wow. that delicious outcome that you wow. want in question number one? Wow. You know? There's got to be, so, I mean, you're dealing with the so one of the most challenging situations, but I feel like there's landscapes in front of us globally because of so much unrest where that, yeah. you know, this process will be so helpful for leaders yeah. to take on with, with, with their uh, coworkers, staff members, employees, um, because I'm sure there's all this hidden anxiety we don't even know and, and it's just shoot under the carpet, correct? Yeah. Wow, interesting. And... <sighs> And how's that going? You know, is it, are you seeing some results? Is it tough to get people through there? Just starting. I can't, I can't give you a status report yet because yeah, okay. we're, we're just preparing to start. Okay. Got it. Because yeah. I'm going to make an assumption too, that that in some cases will also take a lot of one-on-one -on -one time or not. Cause that is it should, I didn't ask that question. Is that a group activity? I understand the feeling wheel, but 
you know, everyone's going to have different answers to all those questions. Is that a one-on-one coaching or, or, or is this done in a group setting? This is done in a group setting. Okay. It is the police force is very tribal, yep. you know, so oh, yeah. good for that. And also, frankly, the budget is unrealistic for one-to-one. Right. And what's kind of good about the shared experience mm-hmm. is that it's the reinforcing of tools. Hey, mm-hmm. just a sec. Why don't we do a maneuvers of consciousness? Right, 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 right. Just a sec. Let's do maneuvers of consciousness. Hey, how are you feeling today? You know, if people can start using them, officers start using them with each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. more uh, tribal reinforcement we have, the better. Right. And there's going to be some positive. Wow. You know, Rick thinks that or Tammy thinks that that's very okay. I, I, that, I'm glad to hear that. I was thinking that I wasn't comfortable enough to say it, but my coworker said that now it's going to give me a little bit of safety. I, I'm going to feel a little belong, a uh, sense of belonging, even from these micro things that are happening. Right. So yes. I see that in a group setting that that could be valuable. And would you, would you suggest doing that in, in a company setting too? To do Absolutely. This? All these things. This is all to build a stronger, more resilient tribe. Right. And I want to just mention with the tools that we have spoken about, they can be used one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be used alone mm-hmm. or they can be used in a group. So, so if, alone, I talk to myself? Yes. Yeah, so the other day I was really upset and I was like, woo. I need to do maneuvers of consciousness on myself. <laughs> so I just said everything out loud with three minutes. Then I did an outcome frame and I wrote down the answers myself because better than waiting for somebody, you know, yeah, I needed, yeah, yeah. I needed to get through it. Ideally that? with a buddy, it's better with a buddy I find. Mm-hmm. But what I did was afterwards, not with the maneuvers afterwards, I took the outcome frame. I called up a friend and I walked through it with her. Okay. I wanted her to be my witness. You know, it's good to have someone kind of witness your experience, hold space for you. And to um, be objective or not really just witness? Is it to be no, objective? No, just witness, or, just okay. witness. Or they could, okay. th- what they could say when I reviewed it with them is any other next steps? You know, is there anything else you might risk or lose? You know, okay. they can kind of tap on it. Um, but right. for the feedback frame, what's working, what I'd like to see more of, right? Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can do that alone. Like I was looking, I'm, I'm kind of reviewing my life right now. Yeah. Okay. So what's working in my life? Okay. Da, 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 da. What mm-hmm. would I like to see more of? You know? Okay. I want mm-hmm. more time in nature. You know, I want more volunteer time, you know? Yeah. So you can do yeah. it yourself. And then you can also do it in, in a group or around conflict mediation, like you were talking about, mm-hmm. right? With the two people. Hey guys, so what's working here? What would we like to see more of? And then outcome frame is great when you're launching a new project. Okay, so what would we like mm-hmm. for this project? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, we'll have that do for us. So just remember, everybody, that make it easy to use these tools, okay? Alone, with a buddy, or with a group. So, Christine, what else, you know, when it comes to, you know, powering a tribe, creating a smart tribe, what it, what have we not talked about that you think, look, this is really important. This is something we missed today or we covered everything. I'd like, just want to yeah. dig it out a bit. So, so, um, so what we're really talking about, I think the executive summary is practical emotional intelligence. Right. You know, because right. emotional intelligence is like cosmic and what, you know, right. I think I'm emotionally intelligent. Oh, I'm not. Why? So if we, if right. we visualize the following, there are two horizontal tracks Mm-hmm. for emotional intelligence. The first is personal competence. And that has two, so see maybe two boxes. So um, emotional awareness. So we use the emotion wheel. Wow, I'm feeling discouraged right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second, emotional regulation. Okay. Well, if I'm feeling really angry, maybe I should wait and not send that flame email. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. So emotional awareness, emotional regulation, regulating our behaviors based on our emotions. That's on the personal competence, social competence. You mentioned this earlier. Social competence is being aware of the emotional experience of others. Again, use the emotion wheel. And then second, navigating the emotional experience of others. Oh, you know what? It looks like a feedback frame might help with these guys. Mm -hmm. Looks like an outcome frame might help bring these guys back together. So all we're trying to do is get aware of our emotions and then to navigate them with tools Mm -hmm. and to not stew in those painful emotions because they don't help us get what we want. And right now we need to bring as much emotional resilience as we can to the world and the workplace. I love it. Uh, Christine, look, I want to thank you for your time. This has been awesome. Um, I think for everyone listening, but also for me, I've really just taken a lot of um, practical things that we, that, that we can apply internally that I can certainly apply as a leader. And I think we can use to help our clients. So I want to really thank you for that. And thank you for the work you're doing. Um, It's incredible. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to be here, Ron. And keep loving people up. I love that. I I feel like I used to beat people up, and now I love them up. I love this. This is great. We're all works in process. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Uh, Yes, and look forward to speaking to you again. For more information on Christine or Scaling Culture, please see the show description for details. We'll be back next week with another incredible guest.